Good afternoon. Welcome back to the show. You're in the sanctuary. Today in the sanctuary, we have with us Brother John Morgan, pastor of United Christian Fellowship Church. He's going to talk with us about core math. We're going to talk about disunity in marriage, in our country. We're going to talk about really any number of things before we play Who Dat? And then we'll ask John a little bit about his ministry. We'll finish it off with a scripture from the New Testament, 2 Peter 3.9. So stick with us, relax, and enjoy the show. John, thanks for coming today. I appreciate you being on here with us. How are you? Great. Good to be here. Praise the Lord. I'm so glad you showed up. Listen, I wanted to bring up core math, and I know you probably, if you don't have kids in school right now, you probably don't know a whole lot about the core math. Not in a long time, but I've had kids in school. Well, I hear you. Well, I have a kid in school, and I don't know very much about the core math. Apparently, they found a way around simplicity and decided to make it as difficult as possible. Now, they arrive at the same result. The answers they get are correct. But for me to try and explain to you how they get there and how they do it, it's like if you ask me to go out to your truck and get the music for this Sunday's church service... <laughs> and I went out the back door, hopped the fence, ran up to the store, caught a bus into Beaumont, and then hitchhiked back to your truck and got the music out for you. I still arrived with the music, but I sure went about it a really stupid way. My mother used to call it going around your elbow to get to your thumb. My father-in-law would say it's a lot of sugar for a dime. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're not going to spend too much time on that, but listen, I have seen posts on Facebook, people in arguments, John, about this core math. And I know that the way I learned to do math, simple multiplication, division, these simple things that we learned how to do, uh, it was easy enough for me. But if someone were having trouble, I could see how core math is a way that they could go. So, the, you know, it's like my old math teacher used to say, there's more than one way to skin a hippopotamus. Well, they say skin a cat, but I don't know why you want to. Praise the Lord. So there's, uh, you got to be able to explain around things. And I find that to be true in Sunday school class. And I imagine in pastoring, it's a lot like that. If you don't get your point across the first way, the simple way, or what seems simple to you, that you go around and you have to come up with analogies and descriptions, and you find that to be true? To a point. There's also the point where you just have to realize, let's just move on to the next step. <laughs> just move on. <laughs> I think what's happening too, we live in a progressive society, and they can't leave anything alone. It doesn't matter if it works. We have to make progress. Which means we have to change. We have to change stuff, and even if it ain't broke. I mean, we. I'm waiting for us to change the history books. I mean, you know, just. I think they're working on that, John. I think they really are working on that in a lot of places. But that's why we have shows like this. 
where common sense can be born again. I pray. (laughs) Because there's a lot of uncommon common sense out there. We really need to get back to it. In Sunday school class, we were talking about disunity, John, and I wanted to bring that up, kind of get your thoughts on it, just pick your brain. Because, like I was telling the class the other day, in a marriage, Mm -hmm. and you're married, and I know that you and your wife have a strong relationship, and you know this, that every couple is going to fight. You're going to have issues and disagreements and stuff, but you're not going to plaster that stuff all over social media. Because as soon as someone sees that there's a place where a wedge can be driven, they're going to try to drive a wedge in there. Exactly. And so marriage and married couples, we really need to keep up a strong, even when we're not getting along, we need to put out a strong unified front so the world knows there is no getting between us. Amen. I know you understand that. Look at our country, John. And like I said before, this isn't a political program. It doesn't have to be about politics. But look at how one side is so divided from the other, and we've got all these different factions of Americans. I'm, I'm this kind of American or that kind of American. Nobody can just be an American anymore, and we basically say to the world, attack us now. Well, Jesus himself said, a house or a kingdom divided shall not stand. And so, yes, this kind of attitude is uh, weakening our nation. But at the same time, the book of Amos said, and this applies to churches especially, can two walk together except they be agreed. And really, I'm not a politician, and I I don't even try to keep up with it too much sometimes other than to be in the know. But neither Republicans or Democrats or Independents are the answers. We need Jesus to make our country. Amen, Pastor John. That is right. Wait a second. You hear that? That means it's time to play. Who dat? Uh-oh. All right, real quick, John. Just just in case you don't yet know, this is how we play who dat. I'm going to give you three, count them, three situations or questions or statements. And from those three statements, you, sir, have to determine who is the biblical character that I'm referring to. Okay, you feel good about it? Let's see. You ready? All right. The first question. My father-in-law, my brother-in-law, and my husband all died at the same time. Okay. Yes, no? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me give you the second one. Just to narrow it down, because listen, a lot of people died in the Old Testament. Right. <laughs> it could be almost anybody. <laughs> okay, I am in the lineage of Christ. Mm. That narrows it down a little bit. We know that it's a female, because her husband died. Mm-hmm. We know that it's one of the four females mentioned mm-hmm. in the lineage of Christ. Mm-hmm. So that narrows it down a little bit. I want to say it's Rahab. No. Okay. But 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 good. You know why it's not Rahab? Her family was spared. 
because they got into that yeah, room. I'm just thinking of the ladies that are in the lineage of Jesus. I know it. I know it. Okay, one one more question before you before you give it the, the serious guess. My mother-in-law knew just what to do. Ruth. That's right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you for that, John. Listen, I want to get down to the meat of why I really asked you to be on the show tonight. Because, listen, as you know, my podcast is uh, is promoting United Christian Fellowship. That's the church that you pastor and have pastored since the founding of it. Uh, you know that we have the website, ucfnatures.org. And uh, I really just kind of, I wanted to get you on here so we could get some good, solid answers about the ministry, what it's about. When did you found this thing? November the 5th, 1989. Yeah, and it wasn't just you, though. No, it was a group that includes uh, Linda and Tates and their children. And they're still members. They're charter members. They're a group of about 30. And we started in a living room, which was an adventure. And we decided after a couple of weeks that wouldn't work. So we rented an old, old building. And we make a joke, but it's kind of true that in, in the summer, you could sling a cat through the wall. I mean, the, the walls bowed in different directions, and the, the floorboards would separate, and you could see under the building. Wow. But we had church for a year there. Praise the Lord. And then the facilities were in. They were old, well used, but they came open. And God miraculously supplied to get us in here. And now we're, we're debt-free. We own more property, and we've remodeled. It's, it's doing well. Amen. Well, it looks really good. I especially like, I know that you guys can't see this out there in computer land listening to the podcast, but they actually have the Ark of the Covenant here. If you ever wondered where it went, Indiana Jones never found it. It's here. Praise the Lord. Uh, so, John, you started out Baptist from what I understand. Oh, yes. I, mean, yeah, I started out as a Southern Baptist. I was raised that way. I uh, got saved when I was 22, surrendered to the ministry real quick. And uh, Southern Baptists, is in, I love them pieces. They taught me some Bible study habits that still are there this day, and I thank God for that. But I became spirit-filled not long after that, and there were some clashes, but I still pastored a Baptist church for two and a half years. Wow. And uh, things didn't work out there. Yeah, well, hold on. Let me stop you right there because I have a little bit of insight into this. Tell me just a little bit about how that experience was. Well, when you go into an, an older established church, and I was like 30 years old, and that's not very old in the ministry. And I, I went in there, and most young ministers, whether we'll admit it or not, think we're the next Billy Graham or whoever the next big preacher is. Sure, I know I am. I mean, everybody thinks they're that, and, and I did too. And I came in there with wonderful ideas and excitement and thrilled things up. And, you know, it was just a small group, and it started to grow. And if, to be honest, I can't pay, put all the blame on them. If I knew what I knew now, I would have handled things different, but right. I was a little bull in the china shop. <laughs> <laughs> and it was growing, but I didn't have the wisdom at that time to realize there was dissension growing also. Right. Now I would recognize it and deal with it, but I didn't. And it finally wound up with them 
the church not quite split. It did split because I didn't want it to. But when we decided to part ways, uh, a lot of the members, about 30 people said, we're not going back there. What are we going to do next Sunday? And that's how, right, so that's how you started the church. Well, praise the Lord. You had uh, It's plan. how we come up with a name because I said, if we're going to be a church, got to have a name. And they are the ones who come up with, at that time, United Baptist Church. Okay, hallelujah. And yeah. that was actually still on the sign when I started coming here yep. 13 years ago. Praise and the Lord. We have, just, we have legally switched our 501c3. That's over awesome. Over to uh, United Christian Fellowship. That's awesome. Which is just non-denominational. It's still, as you know, from my, my Baptist groups are very solid. Yes, sir. You know, I still, but at the same time, I believe in the things of the Spirit. And so. Okay, well, let me ask you this. What is it that when I, I mean, I, I drive up and down the streets and there's church over here. There's churches. I mean, you can't hardly spit out the window without hitting a church or two even with the splashback. Uh, what is it that sets United Christian Fellowship apart from the first brick church down the street? Uh, well, first of all, I'm going to do like the Apostle Paul. Whatever their motives for starting their church, I thank God Christ has preached. Amen. Okay, so... I don't feel like I'm in competition with First Spirit Church or any other church. You know, thank God they're they're preaching Jesus. What makes us unique, I think, in today's Christian culture is we tend to be extremely biblical-based. In other words, I, I'm not following a denominational creed. Uh, I, I research the scriptures. That's just about all I do. And we preach the Bible. This is what it is, and we try to live that way. And you see the results. The people love each other. It's like Amen. a big family here. Yes. People just love each other. Uh, politically minded religious people come, and I've seen they either change or they go somewhere else. Right. And we miss them, but praise God. And we do, we do have a unity. And you mentioned that a while ago, but the Bible says strive to keep the unity of the Spirit, and live at peace best you can. And so none of us are ever going to agree 100%, but we can live in unity, love in Jesus. Amen. That's right. Praise God. Well, one more question, and then I think Anita is going to come and get a word in. So, But real quick before you go, John, what's all the Jewish stuff that I see around the church? I mean, I'm looking over. Here's a menorah. Over here we've got these <laughs> blooming ram horns and stuff. You guys are blowing ram horns, and I mean... Good night. There's the star of David. What's going on? It's kind of a shalom y'all deal. <laughs> <laughs> we, I believe that all the writers of the Bible were Jewish. Mm -hmm. People said not Luke. Luke was Jewish. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been in the temple complex. Jesus was Jewish as far as his flesh. Still is. Matter Still is. Flesh. That's right. And so if we're going to understand scripture, we have to understand them from a Jewish mindset. I'm not trying to become Jewish. I'm not moving our church towards Judaism. We, we don't, we, while we celebrate the festivals, we use them to teach Jesus. We don't get into all the ceremony and pomp. And if you don't say this certain prayer at this time, or, you know, we, we don't do that. But if you understand the background of Judaism and how they thought about scripture, then the scriptures make more sense. Right. Amen. Uh, for example, man, I, I've heard it. The little girl, Jairus' daughter. Mm -hmm. And where he says, Talitha Kumi. 
And if you understand Hebrew, you understand exactly what he said. He said talit, which is the prayer shawl or cloth that the men would wear over their heads and around their shoulders. It's followed by the olive. Talita means it was masculine. It was her father's talit mm -hmm. and kumi. And what he was saying, little girl laying under your father's talit, rise. And it just makes it come alive. Amen. It just it brings to life it's the scriptures. To know the Jewish roots and the Jewish things. Right. It helps out with the New Testament. Not only that, but we serve a Jewish Savior right. and King. Plus, I'm not trying to become Jewish because for this reason. In the church, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, but a new creature. Amen. A new creation. I want to be that new creature. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, listen, Pastor John, I appreciate you coming on the program. Thank you so much for your insights into the Word. Thank you for your devotion to the church. You've been here good night. It's going to be 40 years pretty soon. You've been pastoring the same church. Well, I, I've been in the ministry. I surrendered preached for 40 years. Over the years, I've, I've pastored this church 29 going on 30. And my goodness, I, I've earned... I got my doctorate in 2006, I believe, all of it right here. This is just, I'd invite anybody, if, if you're tired of churchdom, if you're tired of the regular church politics, come see us. Amen. That's that's right. And we're in Port Natchez, Texas, at Southeast Texas. So if you're in that area, you're welcome to come and visit us. But I'd like to take this moment, and I'm sure John agrees with me, just to invite you to yes. church. So, I mean, you might be in East Africa somewhere. You might be uh, in Central America somewhere. But wherever you're at, even if you're up in Canada, we will pray for you. Yes. But please, find a church somewhere. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate you coming out and meeting with me and getting in the sanctuary. Now we've got Anita Kurth is going to come get a word in about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hey, Anita. Hey, Jason. How are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate you coming in. And uh, just whenever you're ready, take off. All right. I think that the Bible is awesome altogether. But I something that really sits well with me is in Luke 24. Uh, it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus left his throne in glory to come down here to be born of a virgin. He was suffered, he died, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were constantly after him, and the amazing part is, when they crucified him and buried him, and the ladies went to the tomb, the tomb was empty. Now, if I were Jesus, I'd probably be ready to get out of here, go back <laughs> to that posh palace, however, Jesus loved us so much that he made several appearances. He made like 10 to 12 appearances. First to the ladies at the tomb. He appeared to many on the Emmaus Road and where he opened the scriptures up where their heart did burn. Uh, he appeared to the disciples in the upper room. Once where Doubting Thomas had missed that, and so he <laughs> appeared again to them, this time with Thomas. He appeared to a crowd of 500 and I think we can all agree that we're a lot like the disciples, that we have our doubt, we have our unbelief. And so I feel like Jesus, he hung around those 40 days and made those appearances because he wanted to give rock-solid proof 
evidence that he was Amen. who he said he was. All those things that he had told the disciples, and, you know, they, it seemed to make sense at the time, but when he was gone, they thought Jesus, everyone thought Jesus was going to be an earthly king, and that was not the case. It was not as what we always think is going to happen. So making those appearances to these crowds of people, he showed rock-solid evidence so they could say, wow, he was who he said he was. Amen. And they believed on him. And they were able to go out and preach the gospel with boldness. And when Jesus uh, got ready to ascend into heaven, he gave them a commandment to go out to all ye nations and preach the gospel. And I just think that's so awesome that he loved us so much that he would stay around just to give us the confidence that we needed to, to believe in him so we could go make a difference for him. Amen. I also like how he backed it up with, and lo, I'm with you always. Yes, Praise yes, the Lord. Yes. So not only did he send us out, but he's going too. Yes. Hallelujah. And yeah. it just, I praise him for the fact that anywhere that we are willing to go for him, he's already been there. He's already, he's there. We know he's omnipresent. Listen, right. Anita, I don't want to get to preaching on top of your, your word. You got a word in. Thank you so much for coming. And what a word it was. Hallelujah. I can, I, I'm, I'm elated just to having heard it from you. I'm excited about it. Listen, before you go, I got to tell you, I've had Marie on the show. I've had John on the show. I've got you on the show. Pernell's been on the show. I'm going to have to get some guests on here that aren't so well read in the scriptures because I get no time. I've got a scripture I'm supposed to share, and it just I've got to get some guests that are not so knowledgeable. Well, share Praise the Lord. Listen, I told you in the beginning that we're going to share 2 Peter 3 9. So here goes. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. To me, that means that, well, in my own experience, as many times as I said no to him, Anita, as many times as I pushed him away, and he, he constantly would be sending people to talk to me about the gospel or to try to woo me. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father who sent me draws them. And if you think about your own life, Anita, and you listening in podcast land, if you think about your life and how things have been going, I think that you can probably determine that you, you can figure out and you can know that he's been drawing you. Yeah. You've felt it, you've sensed it, you've had people in your face about it, and you keep pushing him away. And it, keep this in mind, God's not slack, and he's not willing that you should perish. The scripture said any. I'm not going to add to the scriptures. I'm not going to subtract from the scriptures. I know how horrible that can be. I know they were commanded not to do that. But I think I want to translate the scripture just a little bit. He said that he's not willing that you should perish. But that you come to repentance. Amen. If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ yet. Please by all means. Kneel down by your bedside. 
just stand right there in the middle of your kitchen, lift your hands up into the air, do like my friend Pernell did, go out into the front yard and fall down in the grass. Whatever you've got to do, you don't need me to tell you how, you don't need Anita, you don't need Pastor John, but you, my friend, you, right now, could speak to Jesus Christ. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to save you and be your Lord. If you haven't met him yet, you can meet him tonight. Thank you for being here. Thank you for checking out the program. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that in some way we've uh, enlightened you or encouraged you. And uh, I pray that you'll come back. Good night.